And how are the heartbreakers? Are they actually still breaking hearts? <laughs> More than we can afford, really, yeah. <laughs> I find that difficult to believe. <laughs> well, you know, they're still breaking hearts, and there goes another house in the valley, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And, uh, and we're, we're touring now? We're talking to Jennifer Love Hewitt about her tour. I guess you guys are... But you guys, when you tour, that's a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it seems pretty real, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you ever think to yourself, boy, I've just been in one too many of these things at one too many times, and let's don't do this again, or is it invigorating? You know, lately, I enjoy it more than ever. I'm having a, a wonderful time doing it. I, I did... I have had those moments where, yeah. what am I doing? And I'm sure you've had a few of those moments. Oh, right? yes. But, uh, uh, About ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it's uh, good to have more music from uh, this gentleman, Tom Petty. Uh, the Last DJ is the name of the CD. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Good Dave. to see you. Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregame and experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So last week, talked about obviously moving to the Baltimore, D.C. area and talked a little bit about the OzFest 2002 and why and how that show got planned and scheduled, and I didn't have the dates uh, of that tour uh, with me. So going back and looking at that, so it did hit the Washington, D.C. area. There were two dates, August 14th of 2002 and August 15th of 2002, which was a Wednesday and Thursday. Actually, the Wednesday ended up getting canceled, and they just stuck with the Thursday show. So we might have looked at that. And then Kansas City actually was on the tour schedule, but it hit there on August 20th. And that was a Tuesday, so that would be the reason why we ended up doing that New Jersey show that was on a Friday. And actually, I'll get into now a little bit of my exploration and, and researching at the time of the venues in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Because again, not being from out there, not spending a lot of time out there, I didn't know where things were even, um, you know, specifically kind of city-wise out there, and I didn't know much about the venues in that area, but I will cover that a little bit later in this episode. So this episode is going to revolve around the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Brian Setzer trio show I saw on July 12th, 2002 at Nissan Pavilion, Bristow, Virginia. Again, I'll get into kind of the venues in the area and researching it and, and all of that. But So background on the bands on this bill. So Tom Petty, I've obviously seen twice, um, almost in as many years. Brian Setzer, obviously, Stray Cats, MTV, Kid, growing up in the, in the early 80s and, and seeing those Stray Cats uh, videos. But actually, my wife got into him a little bit and and I was kind of going back through some of the CDs and I think she had some of those Brian Setzer CDs so anyway that that was up her alley and ended up 
going to this show with Holly. So seeing him in 99, seeing him in 2001, and then seeing him in 2002. And the funniest thing about that is seeing him in three separate venues and three separate metropolitan areas. So I don't want to get too much into the kind of into the venue. Like I said, I'll talk about the venues in, in that uh, metropolitan area and what I what I found out and, and that type of thing. So why don't we just get right into the show. So the Brian Setzer Trio set list, That's All Right, Fishnet Stockings, When the Bells Don't Chime, Stray Cat Strut, Hellbent, Sleepwalk, I Fought the Law, Runaway Boys, Chet Tune, Black Mountain Rag, and ended the set with Rock This Town, and then Encored, Rock Billy Boogie. So, a dozen songs in the set, and actually, so five Stray Cat covers in there, and then the rest of these were basically covers or or original songs by him. So That's All Right is an Arthur Big Boy Crudup cover. Sleepwalk, Santo and Johnny cover. I Fought the Law is a Crickets cover. Black Mountain Rag, just a traditional cover. And then the three Brian Setzer original songs, When the Bells Don't Chime, Hell Bent, and Chet Tune. So like I mentioned, five Stray Cat covers, Fishnet Stockings, Stray Cat Strut, Runaway Boys, Rock This Town, and Rockbilly Boogie. So, to be honest, I don't remember really much about him. I know we saw part of it. I got on YouTube, and there's actually a uh, a decent video, looks like a, a pro shot, from Hershey Park Stadium just a couple days after this show. So looking at that show, Setzer has a ton of energy just a great, great entertainer. And, you know, they just had a small little section of the stage, almost like that uh, Us Festival performance where, you know, you got the stand-up bass and you got the drummer. But, I mean, they were all kind of three lined up in the front of the stage. It wasn't, you know, your traditional drum set set up in the middle and, you know, Brian on one side and the bass player on the other side. They were all kind of lined up in the front, real tight, but... Looking at some of those videos, you know, he, he just puts on a great show and that it's fun, fun music to see live. So Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers set list. So Running Down a Dream, I Won't Back Down, I Need to Know, Mary Jane's Last Dance, Have Love Will Travel, Here Comes My Girl, Even the Losers, You Don't Know How It Feels, It's Good to Be King, Lost Children, Breakdown, Rebels, Learning to Fly, You're So Bad, Can't Stop the Sun, Refugee, Too Much Ain't Enough, and ended the regular set with You Wreck Me, and then Encored, Free Fallen, Gloria, and American Girl. So the breakdown, two songs off of the debut, one song off of You're Gonna Get It, Three songs from Damn the Torpedoes, zero songs from Hard Promises and Long After Dark, two songs from Southern Accents, zero songs from Let Me Up, I've Had Enough, four songs from Full Moon Fever, one song from Into the Great Wide Open, one song from The Greatest Hits, 
three songs from Wildflowers, zero songs from She's the One and Echo, one cover song, and then we got three songs from the forthcoming album, The Last DJ. So, again, moving out there, you know, I'm sure I heard a advertisement for it and, you know, again, didn't, you know, didn't really think about seeing tour dates and looking for Virginia. <laughs> you know, that's just not, not something that I would uh, know to necessarily look for, obviously, with Northern Virginia right there and Nissan Pavilion in Bristow, Virginia. That was the, the main big amphitheater in that area so again i'm sure i saw it or heard it and you know keeping up the tradition where you know i'm going to a lot of shows and so i need to sprinkle in some uh, that i can take holly to so sure enough we got tickets for this and again it was during the week and again at this point still living in a corporate apartment downtown baltimore i don't think we had made it to DC necessarily for anything uh, yet at that point so did not know anything about the traffic and I know we left early from work uh, our uh, company was in the inner harbor of Baltimore made our way down 95 to the Beltway and then sat in our cars wondering why we were even in a car what the fuck <laughs> at that point because one thing that I will say is those cities on the east coast like that baltimore and dc were not designed <laughs> with automobiles in mind you know they are they're not set up on a grid of streets like the midwestern towns are and so it is just a shit show and again maybe preaching to the choir if you live on the east coast and you're listening to this but holy cow i mean you just sit there in your car and it's not even necessarily during rush hour it's just because there are so many people out there the roads in general even you know downtown baltimore and you know stuff is narrow it's just a mess so i know it took us a long time to get to nissan pavilion but again i know we saw brian setzer and obviously saw um, all of tom petty's show as well so i'll talk a little bit more about the songs from the last dj that he played and the album wasn't out yet didn't come out for another three or four months and so that was interesting you know set list wise and i'll get into the the sets and kind of get into the set lists of the three shows that i saw in 99 2001 and and then this one in 2002 but ignoring Hard Promises, Long After Dark, Let Me Up, I've Had Enough, She's the One, and Echo. I, you know, I just, I, I don't understand it. Talked a little bit about it on last week's episode, where with some of these legacy acts that have huge discographies, and I know this is a, a, a big ask, but try to represent every album if you can. And, you know, again, Hard Promises and Long After Dark can certainly do that. Let Me Up, I've Had Enough. I mean, these are all you know, in the 80s and our, our albums that have songs on them that they could play. She's the One and Echo. Again, Echo was the, the previous uh, new album that uh, he had when we actually saw him in 99. But from Hard Promises, I, I would have loved to have seen A Woman in Love, It's Not Me. I think that'd be a great song live. Long After Dark, 
Actually, I've got a couple options there. So One Story Town, which kicks off that album, or Finding Out. I think those would both translate well live. Let Me Up, I've had enough, so jamming me. You know, I'll talk a little bit about the set lists from these other shows, but he led off with that during the 99 show. And to be honest with you, I think that should have been played at every show since its release. And why not just start the concerts off with that song? Just a perfect, perfect opener. And I love that song. It's maybe one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. She's the one. So, you know, Walls, uh, number three, which was actually the the single and the hit from that album. Kind of mellow, but I could, I could see them playing that. They actually did Walls, uh, the circus version from that soundtrack uh, during the 99 show that I saw. But, you know, you know, bring it down a little bit and, and do that Walls number three. And then from Echo, I get it. You know, it's, it's a newer album. Um, only went gold, so not that it was a, a huge hit. But, I mean, there's some songs on there that he could have done. Swingin' is a great song, which he actually did that 99 show or or this one's for me which i think is a great great song as well so i'm referencing these other shows so i i did a little bit of a analysis here on these three shows that we saw so close together and you know you hear a lot of people complaining about set lists from these legacy bands that they end up getting into a uh, a rut kind of with their set list and they're playing the same stuff over and over with maybe one or two uh, different songs on these on these tours that they do and this was actually pretty interesting to to look at and again you know the 99 show saw at uh, Pine Knob up in Clarkston Michigan so jamming me running down a dream you got lucky swinging don't do me like that I don't want to fight Mary Jane's last dance I won't back down Listen to her heart. It's good to be king. You don't know how it feels. Rhino skin. Penetration. The Ventures cover. Don't come around here no more. Walls. The circus version. Learning to fly. Room at the top. Breakdown. Refugee. American Girl. And Free Fallen. The 2001 show. Saw at Sandstone Amphitheater in, in Bonner Springs, Kansas. Running Down a Dream. I Won't Back Down, Breakdown, Billy the Kid, Mary Jane's Last Dance, Here Comes My Girl, Even the Losers, It's Good to Be King, You Don't Know How It Feels, Guitar Boogie Shuffle by The Ventures, Don't Come Around Here No More, The Best of Everything, Learning to Fly, Into the Great Wide Open, Refugee, Too Much Ain't Enough, You Wreck Me, Free Fallen, Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35, and American Girl. So on that 2001 tour, he ignored Hard Promises, Long After Dark, Let Me Up, I've Had Enough, and She's the One. And then obviously this 2002 show that we saw at Nissan Pavilion in Bristow, Virginia. Here's some some interesting stats that I, I gathered from these three shows that we saw. So here's what's interesting. So the 99 show had 21 songs, 2001 had 20, and the 2002 show had 21 songs as well. So the number of songs that were the same across all three tours 
was actually nine. So almost half, basically, for, for each of those shows, but but not not over 50%, which is a little bit surprising and is actually appreciated if you're doing what we did and seeing these shows so close together. So songs that were the same across two of the three tours was six. So so you've got 25% that were the same across at least two of them, and then you've got the almost 50% that were the same across all three tours. So the 1999 set list, there were 10 unique songs at that show. 2001, there were six unique songs at that show. And 2002, there were seven unique songs from that show, which again, that's, that's the way that's the way that this should be done. And the fact that they were making those types of changes for these tours, these back-to-back tours, really shows, again, the musicianship and the love for the music and, and the love for, for playing together and rehearsing. That comes across very, very strong with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with this. So the, the album Hard Promises was actually ignored on all three tours, which is interesting. Long After Dark, Let Me Up, I've Had Enough, and She's the One were ignored on two of the three tours. And then Echo was ignored on one of the three tours, which was actually the most recent one that I talked about. So out of his entire discography, one album was ignored, and that was Hard Promises. So a couple other interesting things. Obviously, on 2001 and 2002, he kicked off with Running Down a Dream on both of them. And I Won't Back Down was the second song. And then it was also interesting looking at this because songs six and seven were exactly the same. Here Comes My Girl and Even the Losers. And actually, It's Good to Be King and You Don't Know How It Feels were just swapped, but were immediately after those songs. So a little obviously similarities there. But to mix it up like he actually did was pretty impressive and, like I mentioned, was appreciated based on the fact that we had seen these shows consecutively and actually got some different songs in there. So other artists should take note and take a page out of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' set list playbook. So now onto the band on the bill spotlight, and I mentioned that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers played three songs from the forthcoming The Last DJ release, which was interesting because that's probably, I can't think of anyone else that I saw up to this point that had an album coming out three or four months in the future and they were playing new songs from it. Usually that doesn't... uh, happen usually the album comes out and then you promote it but that was uh, unique so I, you know what i thought i would dive into that last dj album and give my opinion and and thoughts on on the songs so real quick the songs that were played from that album were have love will travel lost children and can't stop the sun so the last dj released october 8th 2002, produced by Tom Petty, Mike Campbell, and I'm going to butcher this name, but George Dracalius, charted at number nine 
but no sales certifications at all. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. I read somewhere that it was somewhere in the 300,000 uh, range. And anyway, you know, looking back at this album and listening to it and going back and reading some reviews that I found from back in the day, obviously, you know, this was a anti-corporate uh, <laughs> album themed album you know, music industry sucks, you know, and, and really Petty's outrage uh, with the corporate side of the music business. But I know being part of a pro Tom Petty family, I know we bought this the day that it was released. So let me get into these songs and just give, uh, give my opinion on some of them and, and what I... Uh, what I what I think of this thing. So, album starts off with the last DJ was actually the first single. To me, classic Petty acoustic based song about the death of freeform radio. I, I read that somewhere. Chorus, great double tracked vocal, and then descending chord progression. You know, there goes the last human voice. Radio sound effects in there. DJs talking and the really interesting piano. Outro, but of course, you know, this is talking about how radio <laughs> changed from obviously when Tom had, had grown up and he was um, kind of writing and singing about his distaste for that. Next up, Money Becomes King. You know, in general, just a great vibe to this song. I actually love the orchestration to it, I think it adds a ton. I read somewhere that this was kind of about um, how maybe marketing was more more important than uh, than the content of what uh, the record companies were were actually uh, marketing. So anyway, interesting uh, lyrical content to that song as well. And then next up, Dreamville. Great, great mellow song. All three choruses are just slightly different, so kind of interesting arrangement. Like it was Dreamville a long time ago, million miles away, all the trees were green. Like it was Dreamville where I was born, light years from here, and the air smelled good in Dreamville. And then a kind of a combination, long time ago, light years from here, million miles away. Just interesting, uh, interesting arrangement with this song. And a great breakdown, great horn section uh, on this album as well. Next up, Joe. So <laughs> this is, uh, you know, this is obviously written uh, about a, uh, you know, music industry corporate executive uh, CEO, you know, talking uh, almost in first person in in this song. I'm the you know, I'm the CEO, I, you know, make the wheels roll, uh, you or he gets to be famous and I get to be rich. Not a huge fan of his vocal delivery, but I get it. I, I understand what he's trying to get accomplished here, but it still doesn't change the fact that I don't like it. It's, it sounds whiny, which it's supposed to. But I, I, again, I'm not a I'm not a fan of it. Uh, the music I think is really good. It's actually a pretty heavy song uh, for Tom. And the chorus, you know, or bring me a girl. They're always the best. You put them on stage and you have them undress. Some angel whore who can learn a guitar lick. 
hey, now that's what I call music. <laughs> and again, <laughs> the way he delivers that line is so annoying. And again, it's, it's by design, and I get it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's annoying. Next up, When a Kid Goes Bad, mid-tempo song, verses are good, pre-chorus. Some mama's crying, some daddy's sad, when a kid goes bad. Chorus, a great effect on Petty's voice, when a kid goes bad, 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 when a kid goes bad, and he kind of screams on that on that last bad. And again, there's a descending guitar progression, which might be a theme here, you know, if you've got descending guitar progressions, you know, it's usually something that's kind of, you know, going down, going down the tubes, which is kind of what this uh, what this album is about. And then at the very end, there's a kid voice saying, I'm going to watch some TV. And then there's some TV static in there as well. And then rounding out the first side, Like a Diamond, very, very cool mellow song. Great verse delivery. Chorus really sounds like a, a Wildflowers outtake uh, to me. But then there's a great electric solo amazing tone on on that uh, solo again with kind of the acoustic uh, background and then the outro backing vocals underlying she goes on and there's some ooey oohs in there like a diamond in the sunlight kicking off side two so lost children which again was one of the songs that they played actually it's interesting all three songs they played come off of side two so cool riff real 70s feel to it but not a huge fan of the verses. Uh, no traditional chorus uh, in there. And solo is good. There's some underlying organ in there. And then some uh, great uh, soloing during the outro. Uh, great underlying riff there as well. Next up, Blue Sunday. Mellow acoustic song. No percussion, which is, which is kind of cool. Chorus, great backing vocals. Blue Sunday. Down the Interstate, Blue Sunday, Blue with Shades of Gray, some slide guitar in there as well, and then a great uh, breakdown section in there too. Next up, You and Me, so single number three, great, great song. There's a great keyboard melody at the beginning. Sounds like something off of Full Moon Fever to me, or kind of sounds like that era. Great verse piano melody bass line in there and then chorus but you and me and the road ahead bridge great melody wherever that wind might blow wherever that river rolls you know i will go with you next up the man who loves women so there's a ukulele sighting in there which is actually pretty cool verse second half some great harmonizing and then great breakdown organ and some some whistling in there and then outro Again, it, he, Lindsey Buckingham is credited with backing vocals. My guess is it's during this outro. Oh, stay away. He's the man who loves women. Next up, so last two uh, songs he also played live, so Have Love Will Travel was the second single. Kind of a bike bell sound effect at the beginning. Again, classic petty vibe and arrangement. Mid-tempo song. Verses kind of Dylan-esque, which I'm not huge fan of but there's an organ in there too uh, which is which is pretty cool great pre-chorus i want you to know you were the one chorus there's tempo change in there and may my love travel with you everywhere baby may my love travel with you always and then the album closes out with can't stop the sun and the can't stop the sun from shining 
kind of just kind of whiny <laughs> feel to me, which I don't love, but there's a great breakdown in there. Real Beatles-esque. Hey, Mr. Businessman, be sure to wash your hands. Be careful where you stand because life goes on and on and on. And then again, you got that can't stop a man from dreaming. And then for that dreaming part just comes across pretty whiny. And then the last two minutes and 30 seconds, great outro riff and soloing. And there's a kind of a flange effect on all of that. It's just a great, great way to kind of end, end the album. And so in 2017, Ultimate Classic Rock kind of looked back at this album. And I thought there was an interesting... Uh, paragraph in here so regardless of petty's reasons corporate radio took a strong dislike to the album and its lead single in some cases banning it from the airwaves despite the diminished radio promotion the last dj still debuted at number nine on the billboard chart when it was released on october 8 2002 however it became the heartbreakers first studio album since their debut not to go gold in the u.s within months of its release Years later, it has still failed to achieve that certification. Well, so I don't, you know, okay, it debuted at number nine, and it did that because the album had Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on it, okay? So people went out and bought it right away. But you know what? I mean, we're in 2002, late 2002, so not only is the music industry changing, but the way that we consume music was starting to change at that point, and None of the albums after this from Tom had any sort of certification. And again, he wasn't the only one. Go back and look at some other legacy artists. You know, they they may uh, chart, you know, pretty well. But again, people weren't buying music like they were in the 80s and the 90s. So overall, what do I think of this album? I, I think it's a I think it's a great album. I think there's some rockers on it. I think there's some mellow stuff on it that I like. Again, I, I've mentioned I'm not a huge lyric guy, so I'm not, you know, way into concept albums or, or diving too deep into the lyrics. Again, to me, it's more about melody and, you know, the guitar riffs and the, the music and, and, and that type of thing. So if you haven't spent any time with this album and if you were turned off by <laughs> any of the reviews of this album, that you had read back in the day, give it a spin. I think, uh, you know, if you're a fan of, of, of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, I think you will enjoy it. So now onto the Slam Fest tip of the week. So talked a little bit about, you know, exploring new areas and, and, and trying to get a feel for the venues in, in that area. So, you know, I had just uh, kind of started to do that in Kansas City. And again, it was, uh, you know, much more concentrated <laughs> there and, you know, pretty obvious of what the stuff was. Again, there, were, there weren't any other, you know, major metropolitan areas, you know, within an hour of KC. So everything was, was pretty much right there. So moving to Baltimore, and I'll get into a little bit more of where we ended up um, buying a house. But so a new, new metro area and had to get my bearings on on what was available. So Baltimore, obviously, you know, is where we were working. And so I, you know, started to dive into that. So that, of course, there's a Baltimore arena. You know, unfortunately, it's it's smaller and, you know, really didn't get, didn't seem to get a lot of stuff when I 
started to dive into it a little bit, which was unfortunate because <laughs> we were living down there and working down there, and that would have been convenient. Um, and again, I think the uh, you know the Baltimore Bullets played there back in the 70s before they moved to D.C. and became the Washington Bullets. So in addition to the Baltimore Arena, so there was a uh, uh, a small amphitheater, I guess I'll call it, downtown on one of the piers there, actually Pier 6 Pavilion, I'm not sure what it's called now. I mean, a great idea, because you've obviously got the harbor around there, but you know, it wasn't real big, you know, maybe, maybe 3,000 people could, could get in there. It had a little uh, lawn and, and, you know, it had, had seats uh, in there as well, so that was available. Uh, Towson Theater, uh, up uh, kind of the northern uh, suburb of, of Baltimore, Towson, that got some shows. Uh, Thunderdome was a uh, hard rock uh, type club that I discovered while I was there, and then of course, you know, Hammerjacks um, was was still well. The second iteration of it was still there because of the original one. Obviously, got torn down when they ended up uh, building MNT Bank Stadium for the Ravens. They needed to tear down Hammerjacks so they could put the parking lot in for that stadium. Hammerjacks reopened in 2000 in a new location. Then there was new ownership in 04, and then it ended up closing in 06. So I never went there or saw anything there at that new place. Again, it wasn't the same, which was unfortunate because that uh, that sounds like that was an awesome, <laughs> awesome hard rock uh, club, and it would have been cool to see some stuff there. So then, obviously, you got Washington D.C. You know, it's you know 20 miles separate Baltimore, Baltimore's Beltway, and and you know, the D.C. Beltway, and so in D.C., obviously, Nissan Pavilion, which unfortunately was on the west side of the D.C. metro area, is where Bristow, Virginia is, which made that a, a tough drive. You had the MCI Center downtown uh, D.C., which is where the Washington Capitals and, and then the Washington Wizards ended up playing. You know, you had the old um, Capitol Center, I think, which was then called U.S. Airways Arena before it was demolished in December of '02. So, kind of, kind of interesting that uh, you know that thing was still standing when when we moved out there, but I never, never really got a chance to see it. And then you had the 9:30 Club, which is a pretty uh, uh, famous uh, club uh, for shows to go to. Never. Never made my way there. And then you had Jack's Nightclub, which was in Springfield, Virginia, which was really just south, kind of southwest, I think, of, of D.C. And, and uh, that venue will come up in a later episode. So, again, it's, it's cool to kind of, you know, research and, and look into, you know, okay, now I'm here. <laughs> where, where are my options for shows and, and really getting a feel for that was, was interesting. And then, of course, you know, with everything so tight out east, you know, close proximity to other uh, other uh, cities and uh, other venues. I mean, Hershey Park, you know, Pennsylvania, there's the Hershey Park Stadium up there that gets a bunch of stuff. And then there's Philly and the aforementioned Camden, New Jersey amphitheater that services the Philadelphia metro area. 
So now to close this episode out with a which side are you on? And I'm going to stick with the, the headliner here. I'm not going to do a Brian Setzer or Stray Cats album. So Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Southern Accents, released March 26th, 1985, produced by Mike Campbell, Jimmy Iovine, Tom Petty, Robbie Robertson, and David Stewart. So David Stewart of Eurythmics fame. Charted at number seven and is certified platinum. So the aforementioned David Stewart was heavily involved in this album, I believe, because Tom Petty's musical direction really shifted. And, you know, in addition to it being 1985, you know, started to get more into some synth stuff and, you know, horn arrangements and that type of stuff. I, I, and I would think that David Stewart being involved in this album had a lot to do with that. So let's get into the sides. So side one, Rebels, single number two, charted at number 74. Cool intro and riff. Musically, it sounds like something else from the 80s, and I was driving myself crazy. I'm like, Brian Adams, John Mellencamp, even Bruce Springsteen riff, something. (laughs) Reminds me of something, and I can't put my finger on it, but great verses. Chorus, you got some hey, hey, hey's in there. I was born a rebel. Great breakdown, back to that intro riff, and you know, you've got a little bit of the the keys in there, which is which is awesome. And then horns, you got quite a quite a bit of uh, uh, horn accompaniment in there, which is really really cool. It ain't nothing to me. Intro almost sounds like a Duran Duran song, which again, that's you know maybe that influence from David Stewart and and kind of bringing Petty back into the mainstream with regards to what was going on in the 80s. But cool groove to the song, cool effect on Petty's voice during the verse. Backing vocals, it ain't nothing to me, kind of call and response to to Petty's verse. And then chorus, there's a tempo change, but when you dance, I can go right with you. And that kind of sounds like Dire Straits to me a little bit. Outro is all over the place. There's horns, piano, and bass runs. I mean, it's cool, but it's a little bit uh, chaotic for me. Next up, Don't Come Around Here No More. So this was obviously the first single charted at number 13. So all the songs on here are written by Petty, but there are some co-writes, and this was the first co-write that is on here. And guess who co-wrote it? David Stewart. So again, the video obviously is etched in my head and I'll I'll never kind of separate it from from this song, but I think it's just perfect for the vibe of this song and what they were going for. And again, it kind of slowly builds and builds and builds. And, you know, it almost sounds like there's, there's some history, obviously, with Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty. It almost kind of sounds like her backing vocal in there, but she is not credited. Uh, Marilyn Martin and Sharon Solani uh, are credited with the backing vocals in this song, and they, they nailed it for sure. You know, that give it up, stop part, I think back on that 99 uh, show that I saw, you know, talked about not sure what this song was going to be like live. 
and just remembering it being kind of plodding and slow but that give it up stop part is fantastic uh, and was great great live and then of course the last minute everybody knows you know kind of gets into a double or hell maybe even triple time it definitely speeds up great interjections by petty and then some great outro soloing but just a just an absolute classic classic song and then side one closes with the title cut piano based ballad just okay i mean I, you know i generally love his mellow stuff but this one Eh, just is okay uh, for me. Second verse, there's some cool harmonizing in there, but just overall, it kind of drags for me. So moving along to side two, so make it better, forget about me, single number three, only reached number 54, but again, another, another co-write with David Stewart and Tom Petty. Intro sound effect of a tape being rewound, great riff, horns, organ in there, almost has a has a uh, Paul Simon feel to it, Paul Simon uh, 80s feel to it. Verse, classic petty delivery, cool breakdown prior to the solo. Chorus, forget about me, forget about these eyes, forget about love, say goodbye, and then a great vocal breakdown of that same chorus part really would lend itself to a to a live setting and i i didn't look back and see if they performed this back in the in the mid 80s or not but it would have worked well and then again some great uh, petty interjections as the song comes to a close next up spike so kind of a mellow and i'm gonna use bluesy um old school kind of 50s feel to it you know there's some do-do-do's in there, kind of interesting vocal delivery, chorus, hey Spike, what do you like? Um, I don't know, just kind of okay for me. It doesn't really fit the rest of the record, but it's it's fine. So then next up, and, and here's now three songs in a row that I absolutely love. So Dogs on the Run, another co-write, but this is Petty and Mike Campbell. Great riff. Verse builds to the pre-chorus, which is which is really good, and then great riff again, kind of a Brian Adams feel, uh, with teasing the chorus and then back to back to the next verse, and then that riff again, and then and then it's either we're just or it's just dogs on the run, outro horns, and again some more great petty interjections. Next up, Mary's new car, cool riff, underlying synth. Verse, great delay effect on his vocal at the end of each of those lines. I absolutely love that. Great delivery, some underlying horns in there. And then kind of the third line of, of each of the verses. You know, first one, man, you don't know how good it feels, just the way he delivers that. And then second verse, many never looked so good before. And then you've got, and we go where she goes. We want to listen to her radio. And then there's some, can we ride? Mary, Can We Ride, and then a great, great sax solo in that song. Love it. And then the album ends with the best of everything. Great mellow song, piano-based verses, and great storytelling in those lyrics. But listen, honey, wherever you are tonight, I wish you the best of everything in the world, and I hope you found whatever you were looking for. Great lyrics in there, great horn accompaniment again and arrangement. Solo, again, some underlying horns. It just, it just sounds absolutely amazing. So, you know, looking at this album, again, nine tracks, four on side one, five on side two. 
you know, you've got the two kind of main singles on side one. Even though Make It Better, <laughs> Forget About Me, charted better than Rebels did. I think Rebels and Don't Come Around Here No More are the, you know, probably most memorable songs from this album for kind of the casual fan. And I love those songs, but, you know, It Ain't Nothing to Me is is just kind of okay to me. And then Southern Accents, I wasn't a huge huge fan of side two really spike was the the one uh, drawback for me but make it better forget about me dogs on the run mary's new car and the best of everything are awesome songs so i am going with side two over side one of tom petty and the heartbreakers southern accents did anyone see the tom petty and the heartbreakers brian setzer trio tour in 2002 if so, when and where and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What are your thoughts on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' 11th studio album, The Last DJ? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' 6th studio album, Southern Accents, from 1985? Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.